a lot of lot of turning pages of the Bible tonight. And um, so, and then next week we're going to get into real application. So be praying for that. That'll be next week, Lord willing. And don't forget the prayer meetings. I haven't been able to get here. I've been so busy on Wednesdays, but I know that I trust and I know that prayer meetings going well on Wednesdays at 6:45, and then Sunday mornings at 9:45. Uh, church website, alright, let me tell you something, I have an announcement at the end of these announcements, and I'll just get to that, but there's going to be something, the only way you're going to know what to do is to check on the church website, so, right now, I will tell you, yes, Catherine, you have a question, um, ask Andrew Evans, text Andrew Evans and, and let him know, okay, um, because... There's going to be a time that I'm going to put on there, and the only way that you're going to know what time that we're going to do something is by getting on the church website. So I want you guys to start getting on there and jamming. Yes, sir. If you don't have the internet, if you don't have the internet, you can check it here at the church. If you don't have internet, just text me. Cool. All right. Hey, and we do like I've said this many times. If you miss a service, uh, I know there are a lot that couldn't make it tonight. You can always download it and check it out. So. Uh, don't forget church this Sunday morning and Sunday night, starting a series on Sunday night for relationships, all that. It's already been started. On Sunday nights, talk to Josh and myself about helping out. Raise your hand if you can help out this Sunday night with the uh, the little vacation Bible school thing that we're doing. I need, I need a show of hands if you can help out. Nice and high. Plenty of helpers. Make sure you see Josh so Josh can put you to work. Okay? Sunday nights, you guys are putting together a little vacation Bible school, basically. It's awesome. Josh is doing a great job. Team get-together. Here's the thing I'm going to tell you. October 27th. That's not this Saturday. That is next Saturday. Here's what we're doing. The Buckeyes play Penn State that night. That's going to be their probably second loss. And um, we are going to... Here's my plans. Remember I told you about Whirly Ball? Well, the closest Whirly Ball is in Cleveland. The one in Columbus that I went to when I was your age is no longer in existence. So, Whirly Ball, if you, didn't, if you missed it, is... Bumper cars and lacrosse together. So you're in a bumper car and you got a, a little stick with a net in it or whatever and you, you scoop up a ball and you put, throw it into a soccer net and you're in a bumper car when you do it. It's so stinking cool. We will do that sometime, but for lack of preparation, I didn't have enough time to plan. We can't do that. But that'll be a fun time. But so Anyway, we're not going to do that. We're going to Magic Mountain. Or if you have another idea, Magic Mountain is not set. Hopefully it's still nice and October weather becomes iffy. Um, but we can, if it's nice out, we can do go-karts. I love laser tag, video games. I'm sure some of you guys hate that. And uh, what else do you got in there? Putt-putt, all that fun stuff. If you have any other ideas in Columbus, we can do that. But the time that we're going to leave will be posted on our website. If you don't know, if you can't get to it, then just text me and I'll let you know. But I want you to figure that out. And then at the end of that night, after we go to dinner at Spaghetti Warehouse, then after we... Go hang out at Magic Mountain for an hour, couple hours or whatever. Then we are coming back to Logan's house. I've asked Logan if they would open up their house and uh, they've got a suite set up there and we're going to watch the Buckeyes-Penn State game. So this will be... Hi, Julie. This will be one of the... the a lot of, what I like to do last year we did this is in the spring we'd have a get-together and then... Or I'm sorry, in the fall we have a get-together do some different things in the winter with holidays, and then the spring have our little retreat again that we went on last year to, uh, uh, where'd we go? Joy of Living Camp, which was sweet, and then prepare us for camp coming in the summer. So this is our, our fall get-together. I love it 
for those of you that can come to come. I think it's going to be an awesome time just for us to hang out, have a good time. Um, we'll probably have some kind of devotion there at some point in time, maybe at halftime of the high state game or something like that. But it will be a fun time. I promise you that. So come. If, you don't, if you're new, great opportunity to get to know people better. All right? So don't forget about that. Um, I'll tell you what I need you to do. Tonight, before you leave, Mary's going to put together a sign-up sheet. If you think that you can come, I want you to put a maybe or a yes or a no, okay? So put a maybe, yes, or no if you can come. Mary will get that together. She'll start passing that around here soon. She's the best, isn't she? I love her. All right. Hey, homework assignment. If you... Awesome. Now, listen, if you guys don't remember, last week I asked you all to raise your hand and make a commitment that you would, by Wednesday, if you haven't, you still have the day, so you didn't miss out on your commitment. Write somebody in this church or in this youth group a letter of encouragement. Just tell them how much they meant to you, that they've been a blessing in your life. And so tonight is the deadline for that. So if you haven't written it, make sure you get it written tonight because you made that commitment to God. Get that sent out um, or give that to them however you want. And that's the last I'll probably talk about it. So... Uh, make sure you do that. I know that God will bless you and use you in a great way, just to, maybe just to be an encouragement to somebody. And is that the last one? Ah, praise and pie service. Always one of my favorite services. Bunch of pie. That area right there will be lined up with tables and a bunch of pies, cookies, no baked cookies, hopefully, and uh, banana cream pie, hopefully. And there's a lot of singing that goes on. Praise time. We just praise the Lord for different things in our lives. It's an awesome night. That's Thursday. November 15th, so be planning for that. It's always awesome, lots of good food. And I haven't, I haven't talked to Pastor yet. I don't know if we, I don't, I don't think we normally have um, a youth group the night before that, so we might not have youth group on the 14th, but that's up in the air still. I haven't talked to Pastor yet. And that is it. Um, I did have one other announcement. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and Pastor Dan has been on the radio all this week. Is that right? All this week, I really am echoing a lot. Can you fix that, Alan? I feel like I'm echoing. You guys hear an echo on me? Josh, do you hear it? I don't know. Anyway, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, so if you didn't write your appreciation letter to Pastor, maybe you can write one to him anyway. Just let him know that you appreciate him, leader of this church, and all that fun stuff. But he is on the radio on October this week at 3 o'clock every day, so if you want to listen to him, it's on channel... Funny. 880 AM WRFD. The word. Pastor Dan Wissner will be featured Pastor of the Week. Monday through Friday, October 15th through 19th at 3 o'clock PM. So if you guys want to listen to Pastor Bring the Noise, by all means do that. Okay? So now what we're going to do is we are going to make a circle right over there. And you don't need chairs. We're going to stand. And we're going to have the screen. Words to the screen up here. We're going to sing a few different songs. So let's make a nice circle. I promise you I'm going to turn the mic off so you don't have to just hear me singing. I don't think you want that. Nice circle. A circle or a line, whatever you want to do.
All right, Miss Mary has so graciously made us a sign-up sheet. So just, uh, even if you can't come, just put your name down and either yes or no, or if you're a maybe, just write maybe. Cool? Just make sure everyone gets that. That would be awesome. Remember, that's two Saturdays from now. Um, All right, also, what we need to do, I forgot to do this. If you have or had a birthday this week, you need to come stand up. That'd be Kelly. That'd be Lane. Lane? We'll do it again when it's closer for Benjamin. When's your birthday? Dan and Ben's birthday are like two days apart, aren't they? Well, no. Nope. (laughs) They're two days apart. Mine is a month. (laughs) Okay. All right. I knew one's the 20th and one's the 18th. Is that right? Am I wrong again? <laughs> oh, are you guys as close together? No. <laughs> oh, I'm way off. Is Kelly, are you the only one? Come on up, Kelly. All right, we're going to do something. Kelly, come on up. Come on up. We, all right, Ben, come on up. If you, hey, oh, there we go. Hey, if, listen, that's fine. I like the idea. If you have a September? This is October. I'm a month behind. If you have an October birthday, come on up. Just you two? All right, we're going to do something different tonight. These two are going to sing happy birthday to themselves. You guys are going to sing. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys stand up here. We're going to sing happy birthday to you. Come on. You're not going to sing, I promise you. We're going to sing it to you. All right. good. I know it. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Contra. That's in a year. <laughs> oh my. Shoo. Shooey dooey Louie. Any other prayer requests? Josh. Praise. Bring it. Yeah. All right. Did you shoot him? Did you shoot him? Does he have a den near close to your house? Don't they live in dens? Or do they live in? Do they make their own? Huh? Yeah. Well, they build a den in a dam. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> yes. We have a prayer request. Anything specific? Yeah! All right. Justin was texting me. When was it? When were we texting? Oh, it was uh, Sunday night you were texting me and telling me. So that's a praise and a request for Justin's mom. That's awesome. Any other requests? Praise. Praise. Nice. It is midterm break. That's wonderful. Hey, and, and I have, and, and also a request. Let's pray for Chelsea Compton because she just stopped in today, 
and she is going on her midterm break to Washington, D.C. for a little mission trip. So we'll pray for Chelsea Compton and her mission trip. And Michael, you had Andrew Patoa. Okay. Trip to Russia. November 2nd. What's your cousin's name? Are you sure? <laughs> Scott left for Iraq. Okay. Hey, and and how was your parents' trip to Paris? London? Europe? Somewhere in Europe? Okay. Italy. Cool. What'd you say his name was again? Scott. Wow, that was the ugliest handwriting I think I've ever used in my life. I couldn't even read it. It was like synopsis or something like that. Who else? Someone, I saw another one. Who, anyone else? Any other prayer requests? Any other praises? Huh? 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 Trish! Praise the Lord. Awesome. Ricky? Cool. Yeah, the church is looking awesome. Brady. Yes, sir. That is Mr. Purdy. What's his first name again? Taylor. Yeah. That is a um, serious need. Okay. And pray for... Just pray for the service tonight. All right. Any, anything else? Praise. That is a praise if you're a Cleveland fan. No doubt about it. <laughs> no, doubt, no doubt about it. Benjamin, are you just seconding that praise? Cool. <laughs> you're on fire tonight, brother. You're on fire. All right. Let's go ahead. Hey, once again, I always say this. I know sometimes when we pray at length about things, it's easy to, to have our minds get off track. But I, I ask you, as I pray, I'm just going to pray for these needs, and I'll probably pray for them really quick. I ask you to just, in your own mind, in your own, by yourself, just, just pray this, you know, either the same prayer or just, just focus on, on the, that person or that prayer request and, and lift it up to God. And uh, when we're praying in one accord, wow, that's such a powerful thing. So let's go ahead and, and bow our heads for prayer, and uh, then we'll... Then we'll have a message. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you again tonight, Lord, and we just uh, bring many needs uh, from this church and from people who have been to this church to people who don't even attend this church. Lord, we, one thing we know about you is you are a God who is ready to meet our needs, especially if we are ready to come before you humbled and come before you expecting you to do great things. God, I pray for the Wisner family as they're having a great time down south somewhere, I'm not sure where, Lord. I pray that you just give them safety as they drive back. And I pray that you allow them to be refreshed and revived as they come home and uh, to, to serve you in this church. God, I pray for our country. Lord, there are so many different needs coming up in our country, so many different directions that our country wants to go and what the, our nation wants to say and what they want to do. And Lord, I pray that you just continue to give us a president and can continue to give us leaders who are ready to make decisions based on your truth and your principles. So I pray for our country and, 
in the war that we're in, and uh, our, I pray for our troops, uh, Mr. Potter and and uh, Mr. Um, Nathan. My mind is blank. Daily, and I pray for Missy Miller, Lord, that you just use them in our armed forces to to glorify your name and to bring honor to your name. And I pray that you protect them. And Lord, I just thank you for all those who have surrendered their lives to you and also to our country. God, I pray for Justin's mom who just found out recently that she is going to have another child. Lord, be with her in her pregnancy. Lord, just touch her body. Allow it to be a a healthy pregnancy. Allow the baby to be healthy, I pray. And and use Justin in a mighty way to influence um, his brother and his new brother or sister's life. God, I pray for Chelsea Compton who is leaving for Washington, D.C. Lord, give her safety and her group safety as they travel. And Lord, may you use them in a mighty way in their ministry and their mission opportunity to um, go to Washington, D.C. and minister to others. God, as they are trying to minister to others, I'm sure, actually I'm positive, that you will allow them to get a blessing from it themselves. I also tell you a single thing. All right, guys. Lord willing, God has it. This is going to be a short message, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, Once again, this is a message on the Spirit-controlled life. The Spirit-controlled life. I love it. I love it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about this series. I think that this series, this, these messages, not just tonight, but the messages in the next few weeks, have the ability to change your life forever. I've already felt, just, just as I've been preparing for these messages, already, I've seriously already felt God just working in me and showing me more things and different directions to go to. And, and I'm, I'm not kidding you. I feel like a little kid at Christmas. I just can't wait to open the gift that God has for us in this series and what he wants us to, to get out of this. So uh, just come expecting every Wednesday, and I promise you right now that God is going to move in your lives in a mighty way if you take heed to what he has in store for you. Tonight, I just want to go over three simple points. These are so simple, but we're going to go into a little bit of uh, research, a little bit of details. I told you earlier we're going to flip through the Bible quite a bit tonight, so hopefully some of you brought your Bibles. Maybe two or three of you did. We'll see. And uh, I'll even tell you, if you take notes, you don't have to take notes, but if you take notes, the first point's going to be the history of the Holy Spirit. I told you last week that we were going to do that, and I'm a man of my word. Okay? So the history of the Holy Spirit is going to be the first thing that we're going to talk about. Then we're going to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Some of us may not even know who the Holy Spirit is. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some Bible verses. I'm going to give you a little bit of research on telling you exactly who the Holy Spirit is. I've always known a little bit about the Holy Spirit, but we're going to dig down a little bit deeper tonight. And then finally, we're going to talk about this question. Hopefully you can answer this question at the end of this night. And if not, at least at the end of this series. How do I know that I have the Holy Spirit in my life, and how do I get it if I don't have it? Okay? So those are the three simple points we're going to talk about tonight. I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Very simple, but very exciting. First off, Talking about the Holy Spirit. The first, thing that, the first thing that you need to know is about this. See this book? So pretty. Every time I look at this book, my brother got me this book as a Christmas gift. It looks so much like a girl Bible, I think. It's got purple in it. But I must be girly because I have a purple house. And a light blue teal. Oh. No, it's not really teal. But anyway... This good book right here is called the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. The Bible. And this book 
right here is all about the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Some people have argued, and, and, and you've heard this before many times, the question, how... Whoa, did I just spit like all over you? How do you know that the Bible's true? You guys ever heard someone say that? Most of us know that, that we know the Bible's true. And the answer is very simple. You know, most of you know where I'm going with this. Here's the answer. If anyone ever asks you, well, how can you be sure that there aren't any mistakes in the Bible? How can you be sure that the Bible is true, that all that happened? Here is how. Number one, by faith. Number two, we have faith, and we know as Christians that man wrote the Bible with their own hands and with their own pens under the influence of, guess who? The Holy Spirit. Every single author in the Bible was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led them and showed them and told them what they needed to write. Where's my proof? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, I think. Let me just check my notes and see. Oh, yes. You know something cool? I don't want to go into that. But there, there's something neat about the verses 2 Corinthians, or, or, or chapter 3, verse 16. John, is it John 3, 16? Okay, you guys know what that verse is, right? God to love the world. 1 Corinthians, I think, 3.16. The Holy Spirit is our temple. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16. Here's what it says. Are you there? Ricky, read it out loud since I'm not there. Nice and loud. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I'm excited about that 3.16 thing. That just came to my mind. And there's other ones, too. There's some really cool ones. Oh, but 316, it just seems like God's great verses. All right, hold on, stop there. All Scripture is what? All Scripture is basically inspired by God. The Holy Spirit, God, gave them what to write? They told him, the Holy Spirit told him, told the person what to write. Everything in the Bible is written by the Holy Spirit or God or Jesus, whatever you want to say. Okay? So if anyone ever says, well, how do you know? Well, you can either go to 2 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, or you can just flat out say, I have faith. The Bible says, I believe that everything in the Bible is absolutely true, and I believe that the Bible, and the Bible does say that all scriptures God breathed, that everything that was written in the scripture is by God. The Holy Spirit! was on the people who wrote the Bible. Simple, simple, simple. Now, let's look at a couple of these things. Well, how long has the Holy Spirit been around? We're talking about the history of the Holy Spirit. Look with me in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, honey. Will you turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 1? Oh, she doesn't have to do <laughs> Genesis chapter 1. Let's go ahead and read what that says. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Ah, this is verse 2. This is pretty cool. I've known this, but maybe some of you haven't. And the earth was without form. There was no earth. It didn't have form. And void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit, moved upon the face of the water. 
So before there was an earth, before there were animals, before there were trees, before there was anything, the Holy Spirit and God were moving upon the earth, or upon the voidness, the darkness. So there he is, right at the very beginning of creation, before anything, before God created anything. The very first part of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is part of that. Let's look at the next thing. Talk a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do really two different things. I mean, many things, but two things I want to talk to you about. The Holy Spirit can be expressed as a force of nature, an impersonal force, if you want to call that, like, like, for instance, as a wind, he, the Holy Spirit can come as a wind or as fire, okay? Or it can manifest itself on individuals. The Holy Spirit can come upon an individual and be on the individual or in the individual's life, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. We must have. So let's talk about some of the individuals that the Holy Spirit was in and worked through. The story of Joseph. Look with me in Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. We're already in Genesis. Oh, it's going to be easy. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. Brianna, you may have been the first one there. You may have been the first one there. If this was the sword drill, you were there. You had it. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. Here's what it says. Ah, uh, maybe. I wasn't the first one there because I'm not there yet. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the whole, the, in whom the Spirit of God is? All right. Now I'm going to give you a lowdown of this story. If you want to read all through this, you can. But the story of Joseph, very simple. Joseph was given, uh, taken away, and, and given, basically sold as a slave. And then all of a sudden, he was in, Joseph was in prison. And then what happened? People started having dreams, and the Pharaoh had dreams, and Joseph came out, and Joseph interpreted his dreams, and all of a sudden, Joseph was the man. Right? Joseph became like the man of the plan. He, he, could, he interpreted his dreams. He became the right-hand man in the palace. He was in control of a lot of different things. And what, what did he talk about? He talked about how there was going to be, I think it was seven years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it seven? Seven years of like the the... The wilderness, the trees, the harvest, everything was going to be like abundantly plentiful. They were going to have so much stuff, they wouldn't even know what to do with it. But then there would be seven years of absolutely bone dry nothing. And so he, he, told, he told the Pharaoh about this. And they could prepare for it. So eventually, anyway, the whole, you know, Pharaoh was like, Whoa, is there any man that has the, Holy, the Spirit of God on him like Joseph? Joseph was just a man who had the Spirit of God on him. And eventually God restored him and used him and, and did so many different things, restored him to his family and brought him back to his family and all that, blah, 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 blah. But Joseph was a powerful man of God who had the Holy Spirit in his life. The next example is the example of Samson. Judges chapter 14. In your old testament. Oh, what did I say? Judges 14. Judges 14. This is a cool story too. Alright, we're just going to read a little bit of this. And Samson went down to... Oh, we're going to really struggle here. You guys know how I am with words, but who cares? I don't care. 
Judge, or Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And let me tell you something. And the Bible doesn't say this, but he went... <whistles> All right. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. I wish I could talk like that. Get, how does that even make any sense? Get her for me to wife. Boy, maybe my language isn't as bad as I thought. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? I love that word, brethren. I love saying that to people. Brethren. How you doing, brethren? Brethren? You're my brethren. Never a woman among the daughters of the brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at the time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So God is using this to to have an opportunity to work on the Philistines. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. So they're walking to Timnath. He's cool. And all of a sudden, a lion comes up. Ah, here comes, here comes the Mark Glenn part. I mean, the Brian Hor- I mean the Ben Hor part. This is what these guys would do. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, or you can say the Holy Spirit came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. In the NIV version it says, and the Holy Spirit came in him and gave him an, an power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother that he had done. Now, I know some of you like the body bill. And obviously, I don't. Okay? But I don't care how big of a bodybuilder you are. If your lion comes up to you, I don't think you're going to face him head on. I think you're going to be running. And one thing I learned about lions, Mary and I were watching the Discovery Channel, is that lions, I didn't know this, I mean, it makes sense because they're cats, they can climb trees. So if you're in the woods and a lion comes up to you, if you're like down in the Centerburg Woods and a lion comes up to you, you can't, there's nowhere to go. Except, I do take that back, I did learn there is a place to go. Try to find a branch that they can't climb on, which means that I probably wouldn't be able to fit on either because I'm pretty pretty big guy, and I'll knock, it, knock the branch down and crumble down, and the rest of the lions will just tear me up. But most of us, all of us, would run as fast as we could away from a lion. But the Holy Spirit came upon Mr. Samson, and he just ripped that lion apart. He prob- you know what he probably did? He probably went up and acted like a lion and was like, Rah! And then just grabbed him by the neck, ripped him apart. You can do those kind of things when the Holy Spirit's upon you. I don't know. Lions are fast and strong. Faster and stronger than most of us. All of us. And then finally, another story. We can go story upon story upon story about how the Holy Spirit's worked in lives. One of my favorite Bible characters, the story of Moses. Look in Exodus chapter 14. Genesis, Exodus chapter 13.
Verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. Let me tell you something. Without the Spirit of God, that water would not have parted. You guys know the story? They were let free. The Israelites were let free. They're going out to the wilderness. All of a sudden, they start chasing them. And then they come to the, to the Red Sea. And Moses, with God's power, the Holy Spirit's power, the Red Sea parted, and the Israelites went right through. There's no way in the world we can do that. With the Holy Spirit, great things happen. So we see that the Holy Spirit manifests himself in, in, himself in individuals. Also, he can manifest himself as a force, as an impersonal force. I'm just going to quickly go over these. You don't have to look for me. As a mighty wind, the Holy Spirit could be. A mighty wind. Look in Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. It says that right there. Whatsoever opened the womb among the children, both the men... Whoop, that is not it. 14, verse 21. Great sound effects. I love it, Justin. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back with a strong east wind. God came, the Holy Spirit came as a wind. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. Okay? Then we have, look in Hosea chapter 13. Hosea is in the back part of the Old Testament. First one to get there. That'll be quick. I'm there. Doesn't count though. Anyone else there yet? We don't go to Hosea very often, do we? Are you there? Kids are there. Kids are it. Hosea chapter 14. Oh, I'm sorry. 13. Verse 15. Really quick. Now, this whole chapter is talking about uh, basically how uh, God's people turned away from Him. And all of a sudden He says, and I say verse 15, I will have no compassion, even though he thrives among his brothers, an east wind from the Lord will come blowing in from the desert. All right? I'm showing you here that God come, or the Holy Spirit also comes as a mighty force, maybe a wind. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it talks also about the, whole, the, the wind. Verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. NIV says, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hoovering over the waters. Okay? So as, as a wind, as a force. So God, or so the Holy Spirit, will manifest Himself in individuals and also in supernatural ways by wind, by fire, anything like that. Okay, so that's just a little bit of the history of the Holy Spirit. We talked last week that there are many other different histories of the Holy Spirit. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Can anyone answer that question? Anyone want to just attempt to answer that question? Just give me your, your point of view. Logan. Third member of the triune Godhead. There you go. Third member of the Trinity. Any other? Any, anyone else want to say anything else about it? Good. Because I'm moving on. The third person of the Trinity. God is in three different forms, but one person. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I think is so awesome. Okay? They were all there in the beginning, too. And I have proof. 
Think about it. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they were all there in the beginning. Look at this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I love this verse today. Genesis 1. We talk about, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God the Father was there. Verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, moved upon the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit was there. Then look with me in Colossians chapter 1. This is so stinking awesome. I love it. Colossians chapter 1. <laughs> I can't get there fast enough. I'm so excited. Colossians chapter 1. There we go. Verse 13 through 16. I'm just going to read it. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son? And whom have we redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins? Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or all things were created by Him and for Him. NIV version simply says it like this, for He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Where'd I go? And brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption. We have redemption in God's Son for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus, or He, His Son, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. When thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him, by Jesus, and for Him. So what's that tell you? He was there at the beginning too. All three were there in the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were there in the beginning. Now, if you want more proof, let's look at Genesis chapter 1 again. Boy, we love it in Genesis tonight. Whatever you want to call it tonight. It doesn't really matter because the Bible can say God ate, or what, what do you say about his wife? Whatever he wants. Yeah, sure. There you go. Beginning. That's true. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 1, look in verse 26. I love this. This is awesome. This hit me. I was like, wow, oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Sure. And God said, listen to this, and God said, let us make where we go? Let us make man in our image. Who is he talking to? Let us make men in our image. Now, before you answer that, look at what happened all before there. God is creating the earth, the oceans, the animals, and now he's creating man. So, is God talking to the animals? Is God talking to the ocean? Is God talking... More than likely, he's talking to himself. He's talking to... God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's talking to us. Who's he talking to? He's talking to us. Maybe soon. All right? He is talking to us, and us is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He was talking to himself. Acts 5, 1 through 4. Look at this. I told you we're going all over the place. Acts 5, 1 through 4. I love it, man. I love this stuff. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the Trinity of God and tr- the Trinity, God. They're all the same. They're all the, all the same. 
Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, I can't ever pronounce names, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, listen to this, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And to keep back part of the price of the land. So in one sentence, he's saying, why are you lying to the Holy Ghost? While it remains, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why thou hast conceived this thing in thy heart? In thy heart, Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So one minute he's saying, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? The next minute he's saying, why did you lie to God? All right? Here's my point I'm trying to say. Most of us know this. They are all the same. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is all the same. So what's that tell us? That God is in us. His Holy Spirit is in us. It's the same person. God's being is with us. It's awesome. It's great to know that we have God with us all the time. The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus was God in the form of man. It's awesome. It's wonderful to know. I love it. It's great to know that. Wow, I wish we could remember that each step we take throughout the day. So in Acts, he, he uses God and Holy Spirit interchangeably. He's one minute talking about the Holy Spirit, the next minute he's talking about God, the same person. To lie to one is to lie to another. To cheat one is to cheat to another. To hide from one is to hide from the other. All right. Now, here's one I want to show you this. This is even better. And I researched this one pretty good. The Holy Spirit, sorry girls, is not a girl. The Holy Spirit, believe it or not, and I'm going to prove it to you, is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Now, I'm not up here to say man power. <laughs> not at all. Women are not inferior to men. Men are just superior to women. No. <laughs> totally just kidding. Let's look at this. John chapter 16, verse 13. Then we're going to go into it a little bit. This is awesome. I like the the, the research part of stuff. I do. John chapter 16. You know what I said? Sure. Verse 13. Oh, yeah. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come... He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. But there's your answer for he. Now, most of you probably read that verse before. Here's, what I'm, here's the research part I'm excited about. When you, man translated the Bible, okay, when translating the Bible from Greek, there could be no other way to translate he. There's no other way. John, the author of this book, the book of John, went out of his way to talk about the Holy Spirit as a he. When translating, that's the only way you can do it. Now, here's what, here's what confuses people. That's why it's easy to call the Holy Spirit an it is because the King James Version normally translates the word he 
there's something to do with like subject and verb or, or verb usage or something like that. I can't remember what it was. I looked it up, but I can't remember. But if, if the word wasn't used correctly, then they could translate it into an it. For instance, look at Romans chapter 8. And this is, this, is what's so, this is what's so awesome about this. You guys might not be excited about this. I don't know why. I mean, it's just something so little. But I never realized it until I started researching it. That the Holy Spirit, you can actually, you don't say it, you can say he. I don't know. That's little, I know, but I'm excited about it. 8 verse 26. Here we go. And here's what this says. In the same way, this, oh, I read the wrong. Likewise, the Spirit, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for saints according to the will of God. I thought there was another it in there, but maybe not. Okay, so, so right there the Bible is saying, calling the Holy Spirit an it. Itself. The Holy Spirit's calling itself, him itself or whatever. And how, what I'm here to tell you is, the King James Version translates the word, I cannot remember what the, the Greek word for he is, but... If it is used in this kind of verb agreement or whatever, you can translate it as it. But what's so awesome is John, for some reason, wanted everyone to know that it was he. So he didn't say it, he didn't say he the way that it can be translated. It. He made sure that it was he, 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 the Holy Spirit is a he. Why am I so excited about that? I don't know. But I think that's flat out awesome. Knowing that, that John is the only one that went out of his way to say he, he, he. It is a he. There's no way. You can't say it's an it. You can't say it's a she. It's a, the he is a he. Not it's a he. That'd be, whew, that'd be way off line. So anyway, so who is the Holy Spirit? He is the third person of the Trinity. They, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They've been there since the beginning. The Holy Spirit has been around since the beginning of time, since the beginning of the earth, since the beginning of everything. And the Holy Spirit is a he. All of that for that. Finally, I want to talk to you about this point about the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, about um, who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit has a personality. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit has a personality. If he's a he, he's like a person. The Holy Spirit is a person who lives inside of you. Let me tell you about his personality. He has knowledge and intelligence. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I told you, you might as well not even put those Bibles down. Because we're going. We're at it. 1 Corinthians chapter... Where are we? Chapter 10? I lost track of where I am. Chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Thank you very much, Dan. But God hath revealeth them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. NIV version, real quick, says, But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. 
Okay, so the first thing I want you to know is the Holy Spirit has a personality. He has knowledge and intelligence, and He wants to give it to us. He wants to tell us the truth about this world. The Holy Spirit has knowledge, and He will show us the way, the truth, the light on how to live your life. And the Holy Spirit shows us those things and tells us those things. The second personality that He has, personality, second characteristic that He has, is He has emotions. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Keep on turning. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. What's that saying? Do not make the Holy Spirit mad. Do not make Him sad. Do not make Him unhappy. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How can you grieve somebody who doesn't have emotions? You can't. The Holy Spirit has emotions. You can kick off the Holy Spirit. You can make the Holy Spirit mad. You can make the Holy Spirit sad, hurt. Okay? You can make God all of those things if you don't do what He wants you to do. He grieves. And Romans chapter 15, verse 30, you don't have to look it up, says that the Holy Spirit loves. That means the Holy Spirit has emotions. You don't, if you don't love or grieve, then you don't have emotions. I know some people who don't love or grieve. I don't know what they are. They're probably not people. Probably aren't, don't have personalities. Some people are just like, hmm, okay. you, The Holy Spirit has emotions. He has a personality. And thirdly, He has a will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says that, that the Holy Spirit gives gifts according to His will. The Holy Spirit has a will. He'll give us, the Holy Spirit will give us what we need. He gives us gifts. He gives us different things that we need. The Holy Spirit has a will. We can't just say, all right, I want you to do, I, I want to I do that, or I want to do that. Or, the Holy Spirit has a will. I want to have this. I want to be able to play the piano like Noah does and not even have one lesson his whole entire life. And the guy's absolutely unbelievable, amazing. Where are you? The Holy Spirit chose. He has a will. And he gave that gift to Noah. Okay? The Holy Spirit has a will. Let me hear who else I want to pick him. You can't fly like the wind automatically like Alicia. Alicia runs. She's a good runner. She loves to run. The Holy, the Holy Spirit has a will and, and has gifted her with that and blessed her to run. She may not think she's very fast. I wouldn't even be able to run 3.1 miles. Or yours was 2 point something in it. All right? The Holy Spirit has a will. He gives how he feels need to be given. So, Here's, here, here are my points so far. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit has personality. He's a person. Finally, a little scattery here. Do I have the Holy Spirit in my life? If so, how do I get it? Alright? First thing I want to tell you is this. The Holy Spirit lives inside of the believer. If you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Some of you might think, well, well Mark, I, that's great, but I, I've never felt the Holy I don't even know what you I mean. I, I, I know that the Holy Spirit is supposed to be living in me, but I, I can't tell. The first step is knowing that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Let's go through some proof real quick. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24.
Now, I know this isn't the most in-depth message in the world, but I believe that we have to hit the very basics. The reason being is we're a young youth group. Some of us may have never heard any of this before. So some of you older people are like, okay, why don't you tell me this? Because not everyone knows this, believe it or not, especially the young youth group that we have. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. I can get there. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit, spirit with he, which he hath given us. And IV version says, And this is his command, to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. That he gave us. So how do we know that God is in us? Because he gave us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Look now in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is where, it come, this is where I thought about you last night, Brian. When I was researching this the other day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we are going to verse... And it says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Okay? So what's that say? That he gave us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Look now in Galatians chapter 4. Boy, we're turning and turning and turning. I love it, though. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 says, And because ye are sons, we are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So what is that saying? Once again, the same thing I'm trying to prove to you. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. Finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you didn't believe me still, I'll show you another one. I love it. I want some more of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 16. Know ye that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Look, at that wonderful language again. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So, what is that telling us? That the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, lives inside of us. We are His temple. We are God's temple. Now, a little more research for you. I'm almost done, I promise you. I told you I wasn't going to be long and I'm rambling some more. That's all right. Here's what you got to know. The Greek word oikio, or o- oiko, I think, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, means dwell or indwell. Okay? So this is the Greek word. Oiko means dwell or to indwell. It originally came from the word which means house in Greek. Okay? So it can be said then that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our bodies for good. Makes us his house. 
Okay? That, that's what's so awesome about learning about the Greek text. I don't learn much about it, but when I do research a little bit on the Internet and in my books, that I, study books I have, I like to research that little bit about what the Greek word actually meant. So, ikio came from, means dwell, and it came from the word house. People dwell or they live in their houses. And so the Holy Spirit is said to live in us. Boy, I'm breaking this down way too much sometimes. I'm not breaking it down, but getting excited way too much. When Christ was crucified, listen to this. This is awesome. When Christ was crucified, there was no need to have a temple in Jerusalem anymore. You guys know the story about how they, had, they built the temple in Jerusalem and God's presence, God's presence was in the temple and it was holy and you had to approach it seriously and only certain members could go into certain parts of the temple and God's presence was there. It was the temple. It was the signature, the sign, the place where God was. Well, guess what? He doesn't live in that temple anymore. That temple in Jerusalem no longer. Once Jesus died on the cross, God's temple is us. That's where God's temple is now. You don't need to go to Jerusalem. It's a temple to get into God's presence. God's presence, right at that moment, became, our temple became where His presence abides if we ask Him to live in our lives. Isn't that awesome? If you haven't understood what I'm trying to say, it's simply this. God lives in you, the believer. He lives in you. He lives in every single one of us. God's very present. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I love it. And finally, a little bit more about do I have the Holy Spirit in my life? How do I get it? You get it if you're a Christian. You have the Holy Spirit in your life if you're a Christian. And how do we know that we are a Christian? Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Let's look at this. The Bible tells us that we are sealed by His Spirit. We are sealed by the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, 13 verse 14 says that He seals, uh, he seals us with His Spirit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. He seals us with His Spirit. His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, signifies that we are Christians. And that's how we know that we are Christians, that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. Now, the Bible talks much about things that are being sealed. In Matthew, Jesus' tomb was sealed. You guys remember the story? His tomb was sealed. In Revelation, Satan will be sealed in the abyss. In Revelation, God, I read, places a seal. Many of you probably heard this. On 144,000 people from Israel, and that seal will protect them. Okay? In our society, what do we seal? Envelopes. What else do we seal? Tires. Basements. Bricks. Why do we, what does all this sealing do? All of these things, from the Bible to the things I was telling you about the Bible, to the things that we do in today's society, do a couple things. Number one, they protect. And number two, they give security. They close out the outside influences from any kind of interference or mess with. People messing with it. So what does that tell us? The Bible says that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That means that we are protected. That means that we are given security. That means that we don't have, no other outside influence can come in if we are living in the Spirit because it protects us, it seals us. And that's how we know that we are Christians. That's how, that's how we are going to heaven because the Holy Spirit seals us. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30.
one final verse. And we read this earlier. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That's where we, the Holy Spirit seals us until the day of redemption. All right, what I want us to do now is I want us to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes. Now, trust me. When I was preparing for this message and I was studying and I was reading and I was praying and I looked at this, I'll be honest with you. I sat there and I said, God, why are you having me preach this message? I, I, I'm serious with you. And I said, why? I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I want, to, I want to go on to something else. But I felt God really speaking to me and telling me, like, Mark, somebody in that youth group needs to hear that. Somebody doesn't know all that. Yeah, three-fourths may know most of what you're going to talk about, but if you want to do this series, everyone's got to know about everything. You've got to know the basics first. You've got to cover the basics first. That's what God, God just put on my heart all week long this week. Is, Mark, just go do the basics first. And then move on with the other stuff. So tonight, I know that some of you are probably thinking, Man, I wish I would have been home watching TV. And maybe you didn't get much out of this. And if that's the case... Right now, I'd encourage you to just think and pray that this hits somebody else. Somebody else needed this message tonight. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe it. Without a doubt. What I want you to do now is I'm going to ask you a question. And just raise your hand. I want every eye closed and your head bowed so no one's looking around. I just want to ask you a couple questions. And I want you to be honest with me. If you don't know, then, then don't answer. But if you do know, then raise your hand. My question I want to ask you first, I'm going to ask you several questions. The first question is this. If you are not sure... Let me rephrase this. Are you sure that you have Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, living in your heart. If you are not sure, would you raise your hand? Just say, just by raising your hand, just say, Mark, I'm not sure that the Holy Spirit is inside of me. I'm not sure. Mark, I'm not sure. Thank you. I see a few hands. Thank you for your honesty. My next question is this. And don't raise your hand until I, until I finish, because sometimes I mess my questions up. If, if you don't know how the Holy Spirit works in your life, would you raise your hand? If you're unsure on how the Holy Spirit works in your life, raise your hand for me, please. Just raise your hand and say, I'm not sure, Mark, how the Holy Spirit works in my life. I'm not sure. I understand a little bit about the Holy Spirit, but I don't know how He works, how, how it all works, how, how I'm supposed to hear Him. I don't know how, how I'm, I'm supposed to know when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. I can't identify that. Thank you. 
Several more hands. Thank you. This, this, this certainly helps me prepare for upcoming messages. And finally, I want to ask you this question. If you believe without a shadow of a doubt that this is the time, this is the day, these are the weeks that God has set aside specifically for each one of us to learn more about His Holy Spirit, would you raise your hand? If you truly believe that with all of your heart, you're saying, Mark, I have no doubt about it that this is where God wants us to go. That He wants us to tap into His Holy Spirit. He wants us to know more about Him and His Holy Spirit. If you have absolutely no doubt about it, that that's where God is leading us, and you're, you're right behind, you're like, yes, I know it is. This is what God wants. Raise your hand. If you truly believe with all of your heart that this is what God wants, raise your hand. And if you don't, please don't raise your hand, but that's okay. I just want honesty. Thank you very much. Many, many more hands. One last question. Alan, will you play number seven, please? Tonight, we're going to have a simple altar call. And this altar call is for every person. Every person in this room, when I say, we're just going to come up and we're going to kneel down at the altar tonight. And we're going to all pray different ways, however you want to pray. But one thing I want you to pray for tonight is that the Holy Spirit works on you. That's what I want you to pray. I don't want you to pray for Alex. I don't want you to pray for Danielle. I don't want you to pray for Emily. I don't want you to pray for Dan. I want you to just sit there on your knees and say, God, will you please make your Holy Spirit known to me? Will you show me what you want for me out of this message, out of my life?